Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of These Are the Voyages. I'm the captain, Captain Jason McKinney, and joining me once again for this here little chitty chit chat of, uh, well, what are we doing here? Star Trek, Strange New Worlds, my dear friends, Lieutenant Commander Eric and Lieutenant Commander David. How you fellas doing? Back to the silence. Okay, yeah, go. pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> Eric, you've been talking the first couple times. You know, you've been kicking it off. Now I got to go, so. No pressure, David. Yeah, we just pulled out that bit again without even communicating it ahead of time. Wow. <laughs> it all, like, genetically augmented to, like, be able to read minds and do ESPN and stuff together. <laughs> it's you know? like I have ESPN or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, I'm doing quite well. Good, 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 <laughs> good, good. And we're back How are you bit. doing, Chase? How am I doing? I'm yes. all right. Been a, it's been an eventful few days, man. Uh, been a very eventful few days. Friday was uh, pretty good. Um, very stressful-ish in the morning. Um, I had my, uh, I think I was talking about it at one point, my dissertation proposal defense. Um, and all that really so is. You, are you Dr. Chase now? No, I'm not Dr. Chase yet. Oh, but you defended your your thesis. No, I didn't. No. Mm mm. No, I defended the thing that lets me go collect data. Data. Oh, your proposal. I got. Yes. You. So I successfully defended my proposal. So um, I just have to. Um, now that I have the approval to go do the thing, I have to get um, um, the approval from the um, HSRC, the Human Subjects Research Committee, basically saying. Hey, here's my application. You know, yeah, cool. You can go do it officially, officially. So I'm wait. I'm waiting on that right now. And um, Saturday was my birthday, so we uh, we went to um, the Ren Fair and um, had some fun on Saturday at the Renaissance Festival, um, south of where I live. And um, yeah, had a good time and just yeah. I actually, so for. You guys, you know this. You know what it looks like, but um, I actually wore my uh, my Theoden outfit, my uh, my Lord of the Rings outfit, to uh, the Ren Fair. And saw a few friends there, and uh, me, the wife, and the kiddos. We just wandered around for a little while and just had some fun. So, yeah, buddy, first time being at the fair, and actually, it's been a year now. That I think about it, I thought it was longer. Yeah. So, but it, it was good to be back. Had a good time. And uh, other than that, just been traveling and doing stuff with uh, with the kids. Um, had to have a little brief uh, medical procedure with my son, and um, all is well. Um, he'll be a little little sore here and there, um, but he's recovering just fine. So all in all, I mean, I've, I've been doing pretty well. I mean, it's just been a busy last few days for for yours truly. How have you guys? How I mean, how have you been doing, David? Uh, uh fine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> No, uh, just busy, busy with work. Um, yeah, that's really it. It's been kind of, kind of boring. Don't don't have much really to talk about. Just you know, things breaking down, having to spend money on things, random random things. Uh, you know, like amp tubes. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. how many of you out there are shopping for some vacuum tubes? Well, I am. Uh, but no, no, it it's fine. Just long long work weeks right now a lot of stuff to do i can dig it I lo- by the way i love the fact that 
when you two have like something to share, I don't. And then when I do have something to share, y'all don't. It's great. <laughs> it's like how we keep each other in check. This is this is great. I love it. No, I mean, um, <clears throat> on Saturday, um, we we picked up Raquel's uh, nephew, who's five, and we took him to this Comic Con in the alley thing. It was like in downtown San Antonio, and it was like a little pop up event That's in some cool. alley, and they had you know the <clears throat> the vendors who had their their things out, and there was music and people doing cosplay and stuff, and. He's a big fan of superheroes and stuff. He loves Spider-Man. Yeah. So we took him out to that. There were there were <clears throat> there were some pretty cool costumes. Like I, you know, I've never been to an actual like Comic-Con or any type of convention or anything like that. And this was just like a little small event, but man, there were some impressive costumes. I'm not going to There was like there was a stormtrooper and a tie pilot that those had to be like professionally made. There's no way like somebody like just on their own could have made one of these. They had to be like super professional made. There was like a really cool Wonder Woman. Um, <clears throat> there was a lot of Spider Mans, a lot of Spider Gwens, right? Spider Gwen, I guess, is a popular one. Mm-hmm. Oh, there was a, there was a there was a Whataburger Spider Man. I've but seen that. It was that. like it was like the the white and orange, and instead of the spider logo, he. Yeah, the, the W. Yeah, man. I've seen that. There, so I can't remember the, um, oh my gosh, I can't remember uh, what they call themselves, but it was like the, it was like the Avengers of like restaurants and stuff. So like there was like this Black Widow Wendy's um, that I saw, Black Widow's Wendy. There was, um, uh, who was it? Like it was like a, uh, a McThor. So it was like basically Thor, but it was like Ronald McDonald. So deep cut for anyone who still remembers Ronald McDonald. It was hilarious. And like Ronald McDonald doesn't exist anymore. No, no, that's depressing. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, um, McThor, uh, it was is basically Ronald McDonald, and Mjolnir is, um, it's like multiple like fifty piece nuggets like kind of pieced together like the box (laughs) and stuff into a hammer. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. And, like, me and some friends, we used to joke with them, like, whosoever shall possess this 50-piece shall have the power of McThor. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So, yeah. Did you, did you dress up in your your no, science uniform? No, it was really hot. <laughs> I'm like, slightly disappointed, but I understand. In San Antonio. In yeah. Just Texas in general. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. <clears throat> there was like there was uh, some people did Jurassic Park like the like they they had um <clears throat> you know Malcolm you know uh, Ellie Sattler Sam, Sam Neill's character whatever I can't remember his name Alan Grant yep. you know Sadler and then they did a John Hammond and they had like a cool cane with a little amber bubble at the top. Now the, now the real question is. With it being hot, was Malcolm shirtless? No, he was. They had he had his leather jacket okay. that he okay. that he starts with. I've seen some people do that. Like the thing about like oh. people that cosplay, like is they they really take advantage of like different variants of of the character and like what they wear. So I have seen some like shirtless, um, 
Malcolm's, Ian Malcolm's. Uh, but I've also seen like the full like black, you know, like the button up, the leather jacket, all that stuff. So uh, that's that's cool. And Jurassic World Three is coming out. What pretty soon? Here. Pretty soon, like two or three weeks, couple, basically. Couple weeks, yeah. Man, that's gonna be pretty cool. That's gonna be pretty cool. But we also will have some it, other will other. Would be pretty cool, Chase. Yeah, depends on how you felt. Depends on how you felt about the first two Jurassic Worlds. I love I Jurassic World either One. Either of them. <laughs> you I, haven't seen either of them. <laughs> I loved, loved, loved the first Jurassic World. Um, Jurassic World Two, I think it's called Fallen Fallen Kingdom. That sounds right. Um, Fallen Kingdom, yeah. So, my wife and I, we both had nightmares for a little while after watching that. My wife longer than I did, but like. It was, I mean, it was kind of, kind of scary, but like it, dude, nowhere near as terrifying, and like, whatnot as a freaking um, multiverse of madness. Like, I felt like I needed some freaking holy water, like, like, dumped on me after watching that <laughs> no, movie. No spoilers. No spoilers. It's not spoiling anything, dude. I know, but just don't, don't I'm say. I'm not anything. going to. I'm just saying I needed like a, a vat of freaking holy water after seeing multiverse of madness. I'm just saying. Okay. Give me something to look forward to when it comes out on Disney Plus. Freaking dark, dude. <laughs> Crap. So anyway, let's that? go ahead and ruin this for Eric. Uh, here's my uh, here's my formal review here. <laughs> <laughs> this does yeah, like uh, do do a delta rating on Multiverse of Madness, dude. Go for yeah, it. You, you no, know you don't want me to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I take it David's review is not that great. I have no idea. I haven't talked to him about it. <laughs> Hearing it here first, folks. Lips are sealed. (laughs) You make your own opinions up about it. Man. Man, oh man. Well, yeah, we will will see uh, Top Gun Maverick coming out pretty soon, too. Uh, Planning on seeing that uh, the weekend it comes out. So. Man, did you realize Top Gun is older than we are? Stop. Yes, but yes. (laughs) It's all it's it's barely older than we are. Yes, but it still is. Yeah, nineteen eighty six, I think, is when it when it came out. Yeah. Yep. David's still the baby in the group. He's still the youngest amongst us. So <laughs> Top Gun was a terrible movie. <clears throat> Hot take. Okay, y'all ready to talk Trek? <laughs> 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 All right, Maybe we can just stop and play a little beach volleyball if you want. We, well, I mean, I got the video. I have the Star Trek version of that. <laughs> hey, it's somebody. all about eye candy. That's why you're here, Eric. You're our eye candy. Yikes! <laughs> no, no cardigan though. So yeah, you're you're. Mm. It's hot. Well, that's when that's when you get one with no <laughs> sleeves, you know. Yes, that's called a that's sweater just vest. A, that's just a vest, right? <laughs> you know, I saw one at at um, a Dillard's clearance center, and I was like this close to getting it for you, Eric. Because I want you to be able to have have that cardigan lifestyle year round. It's the gift that keeps on giving. I know you'd probably rather wear a cardigan than a t-shirt, so it's hot. I'm just saying. But you live in Texas, which means this that you is going to have... be my first Texas summer, right? Well, I mean, kind of last year. 
Yeah, I guess I'd appear in the middle of July last year. Yeah, so you, you officially had it because, like, July and August, definitely August, is the worst in Texas. So you've you've been initiated into the summer that is Texas. Here we go. Oh, it's so hot here in Texas. And Okay, we get it. <laughs> hey, I've always said it gets just as hot in Michigan in the Midwest because it's so humid. <laughs> Lies. Humidity. Lies. It's not the heat that gets you. It's the humidity. That's right. Oh, that lake effect humidity, y'all. Yep. <laughs> so Eric, I heard uh, I heard David is actually moving down here in like uh, about you know a month and a half or so. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Did you did you like buy me a house down there, Chase? Is it I, you got one in the neighborhood? You know, just opened up or something like that? Actually, there is a couple that <laughs> just opened up on my street. Actually. <laughs> saying I mean, okay you know what, let's no, I, I'd have to be around San Antonio to keep my job so dang let's talk Trek gang let's talk Trek so everyone if this is your first time listening welcome 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 to the show uh, we are going into spoiler at the territory as we talk about this year episode of Star Trek Strange New World Season 1, Episode 3, Ghosts of Illyria. Fellas, it has been a long road getting from there to here, and I love it whenever we have an Enterprise reference or an Enterprise callback, at least in any form of, of Trek, by the way. I just love it. And the fact that we had the Illyrians, like, I mean, it's kind of obvious that the Illyrians are kind of involved since it's kind of in the title of the episode for crying out loud but like taken from the episode of um, uh, uh, from season uh, three damage uh, where the Illyrians were there uh, for anyone that might not remember uh, I mean, Captain Archer became the pirate yep kind of sort of <laughs> snagged a little piece of important tech um, that left um, a certain crew of Illyrians kind of stranded and hobbling back home for, what was it, like three years? Three years, yeah. Yeah. Goodness. Um, and that, that was like, I mean, the first and last time I'm pretty sure that we heard uh, heard from of the Illyrians in all of Star yeah, Trek. Yeah, so I was I was looking this up. There have been some professional reviews. Professional reviews. Mm. They're like, we're introduced to a new species called the Illyrians. Oh. You know, the people that, like, they don't know any better. But, like, I was looking this up. Yeah, the only the only on-screen appearance of them was in Enterprise. But yeah. there have been a few books where they have been mentioned. Sure, sure. Anyway, yeah. And it was, and it was mentioned that, that Una, or number one, you know, was born on Illyria. Yeah. And... Yeah, in so, those books. so with this, uh, I really like how how we're we're starting off um, in terms of um, we're we're doing some away missiony kind of stuff. We're exploring, we're we're checking stuff out, and uh, we had this like beautiful shot, by the way, of the planet, like with like this storm going on, like this ion storm, 
um, that's going on. It's it's gorgeous. I love I love how it was um, composited and put together. Um, and we're scanning for life forms. You know those precious Chase, little life Chase, forms. You yes. missed you missed the best part of the. Opening. Did I though? Did I? You did. Did right? I though? <laughs> no, because I knew you were going to bring it up. <laughs> First officer's log, star date, and they fixed the star dates in this. Like, did you notice that? I did. Like, the star date in this episode is before the star date in each of the first two episodes, and it fits more in line with where this takes place in the timeline. That's something I've been thinking of. Like, do you think that. You know how we went from like what was it, like seventeen something to twenty two something that we're kind of doing that like like we're doing like a fast forward flash forward kind of thing or we're kind of like looking ahead by looking back or something like that. Oh, I think it's just a mistake. I mean, I was, I'm just trying to give it like a little bit of credit. I'm trying to give it a little bit of grace if I can, but like anyway, yeah. They did seem to actually correct the star dates, so good job, everyone. Good job, gang. You did it. Congratulations. Um, but yeah, like we're we're on this um, Illyrian colony of sorts, this like Illyrian type of planet thing, and um, but we can't do much for very long because of the storm. Um, otherwise, you're gonna gonna you know be stuck or die or both type of thing. Um, so, like, let's get the heck out of Dodge real quick. Let's collect what we can. Things are, are going to get bad, go from bad to worse real quick if we don't hurry up. And, of course, we say, hey, get back to the rendezvous point, you know, so we can beam up and be on our merry way. And um, anyway, number one, she grabs some folks while there's one red shirt. Of course, the red shirt's, like, looking at, like, a random vault of something or a locker of something. There were really More. cool vials in there, man. Yeah, man. They're just Bro- so cool. Broken vials. They look like a lot like the vials I used in an introduction to physical science class back in the day. I'm just saying. I, I took that same class. But with me? We might have had the same teacher. Coleman? Yeah. Hey. I had him first period, though. <laughs> no, I didn't have him first period. Yeah, hey, guys. I totally had that class, too. <laughs> you were there, man. I remember seeing you there, dude. I remember, like, you and Andy did a great jo- job on the sludge test. It was fantastic, my, my dude. You did a great job. <laughs> Moving on. Anyway, problem with the transporter, because there's always a problem with the transporter, yeah. right? It's being affected by the ion storm, and our 15-year-old transporter chief... Kyle. I, I, I can't get it. Uh, engineering, I need some more... I need, I need some help. And... Mr. Grumpy Pants again. Like, I hope this is not his whole personality. He's just grumpy and mean. Like, I wonder if, like, this is just his personality or if this is developed because, like, you know, people see him as, like, we saw in the last episode, like, forget the word, but, like, disabled or or something like that. And <clears throat> this is just the personality he developed because people treat him differently and it's like right. his response to like push people away I hope that's not it but man is this guy grumpy mm-hmm. well one of the things that you know like we had kind of talked about the first two episodes and obviously like in this episode as well how they are you know seemingly attempting to 
develop characters like their backstory um i i have to assume that we're going to get like a hammer specific episode which maybe maybe it'll dive a little bit more into like hopefully a bigger root cause of that than than just you know oh yeah people treat me different because i'm blind or something it's like but we know the enars are blind we i mean we've known that at least the Andorians had a reason to be grumpy in Enterprise because they were always fighting with the Vulcans. But like, and what's your excuse? And the Tellarites, and well, pretty much anybody else that could get their hands on. But good old Shran. But no, I kind of, I, I kind of think that you know we'll probably, we'll probably get more on that. But can I, I, I want to ask a, a kind of a little question here without getting too too far into some of the development here. Does it feel like? to either of you this might be nitpicky but is it does it feel like to you that we're like breakneck speeding this backstory stuff because maybe we don't think we're gonna like do a whole bunch of seasons of this you know because like in, in well and there's also not that many episodes either but like you know let's just say tng you get sporadic little buildy things of different characters throughout like seven years and so forth and maybe you you continue to build but like here it seems like we're going really breakneck speed like as fast as we can get these backstories out you know what i mean or am i just so i I think that might just be um a product of a 10 episode season as to oppose to a 26 episode season Mm -hmm. yeah where they just don't feel like they have as much time yeah i've been wondering like okay, so who's going to be the focus of the episode this week? Like, that's... And, I mean, I, I did enjoy the fact that it was, you know, basically Una Chin, Riley, that was, was our fo- Number one was our focus for this one. And a, little bit, and, a li- and a little bit of Mbanga. Well, and Sing. And Sing, more, yeah. more, more to her story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I, yeah. You make the... the there, there are connections being yeah there yeah there are connections but yeah in terms of like big overarching like focus I think it's really it really comes down to to number one in Mbenga but yeah sure of course I mean like yeah I mean you you gotta have like some threads that are like connecting some things like a, a running thread so um, but yeah um, I, I mean I, I, I can see what you're saying David and um, I'm kind of there there with you um, but yeah like like Eric's saying I think it's like it is what it is like with it being you know just 10 episodes that you get and i am wondering how many seasons we're going to get of strange new worlds like i hope it's not like two or three and that's it i mean like this like just this show seems to have like the midas touch at this point and listen if discovery can get to a season five why can't this show get to a season five? Do you really want me to answer that? <laughs> because the fans actually like it, like yeah. Strange New Worlds. And that's why it won't get to season five? I'm just saying. I mean, I hope it does. I hope, I mean, I would love at this point, like as long as, long as things don't go like wildly sideways, I would love for this to go like six seven seasons you know i think that'd be great i mean because like in reality we have about about a decade i mean like in show we have 10 years ish maybe a little bit less but i mean that would be great like if we could like in 
quote-unquote real-time, events occur in real-time type of thing, um, you know, follow... <laughs> if we could follow Pike in his enterprise, even, if, even with him becoming fleet captain, that would be cool, too. Actually seeing what a fleet captain does, air quotes, on screen, that'd be pretty cool. Seeing that promotion. I don't know if I want to see Kirk early or not. I mean, we got George, we got Sam Kirk. We don't need Jim Kirk. Do we? Do we have Sam Kirk? <laughs> He's still recovering from touching the musical egg, I'm just saying. Oh, I missed the musical egg. Can we go back to the musical egg? Um, okay, we're... Okay. So, yeah, we, we got to get off. Um, uh, Transport Chief Kyle, he's like... Um, I need more. Give me more. I mean, he's not Scottish, but I need more. And uh, Mr. Grumpy Pan's like, hold on. Uh, wait a second. Fine. Try it now. Is that a good hammer? I'm trying over here. It's like, how'd you do that? I am a genius. I'm a genius, you idiot. <laughs> I, I'm Batman. <laughs> what? I'm vengeance. Uh, I, I'm, I'm nothing genius. I am vengeance. I am the knight. So, okay. So, landing party is we, up. We but, get him back. We get him but back. But Pike and Spock are, are left on the surface because the ion storm came in, and so they have to library. run and take shelter. Yeah. Yep. Kind of an interesting library, though. I I, I did kind of enjoy their little modules where you know it's it just kind of looks like paper in a tube and he's just sort of rotating it <laughs> it's like wow this is really high tech or something <laughs> it's like a ship in a bottle type of thing oh ship in a bottle great fun <laughs> yeah i used to put those together as a boy um okay um and then okay so yeah like maybe we should run and Roll credits, that sort of thing, and the the whole point of this next of of, of the rest of the episode is, um, first first we think it's like a transporter malfunction, but in reality, the main overarching thing driving this episode is this whole contagion on the Enterprise for Pete's sake, and then trying to get Pike and Spock back. That's it. D- did either of you feel like we we're gonna see somebody you know fully clothed in a shower? No to that no. reference. Naked, no. naked now. Nothing. No, I was w- look. Whenever, whenever I I heard that we were going to have like another contagion kind of episode, I was like, I was thinking like naked now, naked time, and like okay, because those were both early season, early season one That's episodes. Right. <laughs> That's right. I'm like okay, here we go again. Okay, here we go. Uh, I'm glad that it wasn't though. I oh, mean, like so the. I'm so glad that we didn't get like listen, naked, naked listen. then. Yeah. <laughs> listen, the, the the naked time the the TOS episode yeah. is yeah. a fantastic episode of it Star is. Trek. It is. Like the naked now, not so much. But we got. But it's we got it's the one that David references all the time yeah. about Picard oh. and Beverly. Be- I know. Beverly. Beverly. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I am fully functional. I'm glad it wasn't that though, but that was that was like my first thought when we started talking contagion. So 
good we didn't do that. I yeah. mean, there are a lot of, like, I mean, Star Trek episodes where something gets through the transporter that the biofilters mm-hmm. couldn't filter out and gets onto the ship. I think one of my favorites is the Voyager episode, Macrocosm. It's like Janeway goes John McClane on the ship. <laughs> That's but th- this is this is a classic idea yeah. in Star Trek right here. You can't get anything past my biofilters. It's not possible. Oh, but you if it can doesn't get a recognize if it doesn't recognize it, it filters it out. But wow. is it possible? I will no. run a level five diagnostic, but just know that will take all night. <laughs> Thanks, Hammer. Have a nice time. Thanks, buddy. Oh, Mr. Grumpy Pants. Mr. Grumpy Pants. By the way, Eric, there is a, um, a Twitter poll. Just thought I'd point that out for you. Just thought I'd let you know. Okay. All right. Yeah. Good. Okay. Good. I'm back on my winning streak. Two in a row, right? We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Might stretch the <laughs> limits of your of your winningness. Okay. Um, so when we see number one, when we see Commander Riley, I was like, and she she's in her quarters, she's just chilling. Okay, kind of a kind of a stressful, you know, away mission. You know, trying to not get you know eaten, blowed up, dead, splitting a bajillion different atoms. You know that sort of thing. Um. And she's like staring at the light. And she's like, man, this is a good looking light. I need some more illumination. I need to get lit type of thing. And, you know, she's like, Golden let's. Opportunity missed. Let's, let's, let's light this sucker up. And not only does she light it up, but she lights up. And she goes all Kirk and like rips her uniform. Like, so she can feel more light. Okay, like. I know, I think I know why they did that, but at the same time, like, guys, I'm pretty sure I'm like y'all, like, I get, I change my clothes pretty regularly, and, like, if I just want, like, light to hit my skin, I just take my shirt off. <laughs> I don't rip it. I'm just saying. Yeah. If this was J.J. Abrams, he would have had her, he would have had her take his shirt off, right? <laughs> Go all Alice Eve on us. <laughs> I mean, they're wear- is she wearing an undershirt? Like, I know Kirk never wore an undershirt under that uniform. But we know from, you know, TNG era, they're undershirts. You can well, take mean, they- off your uniform. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, you look at these uniforms, like these soccer jersey uniforms, which I really like, by the way. And, yeah, there's like the- there's a black, like, under tunic that-, that they're wearing. Which I think is it's supposed to, you know, be like a mock up of the original TOS uniforms, like leading up to it or whatever. Uh, but yeah, like it's it's a black like mock turtleneck basically is what they're wearing. Or not no, it's not even a mock turtleneck, it's just a black, like crew neck shirt, right? That's what it looks like to me at least. With yeah, a little with a V neck yeah. what like division. Well, uh, I mean, at least for some of them, it, I, I will. I will say this: like, there, there are definitely d- different cuts. Wow, this is an interesting conversation. Mm, there are different cuts of shirts here. Um, I, I do find it a little strange that some of them really have what, what I call it. It's, it looks like the nipple fold. <laughs> 
you know, it's just that one little seam. It's like, well, I don't, I don't really understand that. But like Mbanga does, he doesn't really. He's got an entire different collar thing, and it, yeah, there, there's, there's definitely some variance in, in the shirts themselves. Yeah. But hey, the, those sweet leather jackets, man. We, we got to get some. Those sweet... leather jackets I, are awesome. I do we we got to get some away jackets. <laughs> they are way better than like the Enterprise jackets, right? You know, from the series. Not that, like, like but like, these are some awesome jackets. They're pretty dope. And like the patches, like the patches that are on it, like that's that. Those are cool patches too. Yeah, we gotta get some of these jackets. Eric. That's your job. Somebody, somebody will make them, right? They'll be out there. I mean, I, yeah. There's, there's a, there's a group that I'm in where they like, as soon as the the costumes were announced. By the way, for Strange New Worlds, like whenever this was, like months and months ago, like the next day, there was already like a mock up of it, and like it was crazy, it was crazy. So, and then of course, um, Star Trek: The Cruise came in. Um, in the spring, like not like just a few months ago, and they had like the up close and personal uniforms. So of course, like we go back to the drawing board, we make them even more screen accurate, and uh, like it, they've been selling like hotcakes right now. Like they're wildly popular, and I want one. I'm gonna get one for my wife and I. I'm gonna get her the uh, both the the scant one and the the two. Anyways, this is great. This is great podcasting. This is great podcasting. Anyway, anyway so anyway landing party people start to get sick and they need light and there's the the one guy the red shirt in the hallway and our little helmsman is walking by and the guy's not wearing any pants he's like maybe you should be doing that somewhere else and he's like i need the light and she's like whatever freaks your tweet or whatever tweaks your freak or something like whatever tweaks your freak yeah the, the, the one time we see ortegas and she's not even on the bridge yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, hey, uh, just walk. Walk down the hall, and there's going to be a creepy guy that'll smash no his head through. And there's no pants. Oh, okay, <laughs> sweet. Let me get in my acting mode. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, landing party people are getting sick. They need light. And, and you, you know, get lit. And right as soon as, you know, number one lights up, she's like, Dr. Mbenga, is, are the, is the landing party okay? It's like, funny you should ask a bunch of them are here do you have anything you can tell me no i, I don't know anything <laughs> i don't know anything it's fine i'm good i'm why, good why don't, you, why don't you just swing by just, just come on by yeah sure just come on down just come on come on i'm lonely so yeah let's let's have a little stroll let's let's have a little convo like what's up type of thing and yeah, like random people are just showing up, um, and uh, what was it? It was um, like it, he's been doing like some blood samples, and like there's been like some depletion of um, uh, vitamin, vitamin D. Vitamin D, D. yeah, uh, that's been showing up. And um, after a little while, much much later, there's like some more discoveries that kind of connect to this whole vitamin D thing. Um, there's a I'm just going to go there for a second um, I was recently um, listening to, to someone talk about this idea of um, uh, phototaxis if 
y'all ever heard of phototaxis by chance? No. So, uh, phototaxis, it's um, basically um, our relationship with light, essentially. And it was kind of crazy, like, this all happened, like, in the same time frame. Like, they're not even Trekkies, but uh, they don't even watch the show. But uh, phototaxis, like, you, you think of, um, like, a cockroach, for example. Cockroaches um, have a negative relationship to um, to light, so they are um, negative. Scurry, photo- yeah, they 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 scurry, they run away, they hide, whenever light happens, um, like light pops up or whatever. Um, compared to, um, like, what are some other like moths, for example, um, where they are attracted to the light. So I think, and and I think humans. Um, for the most part, uh, there, there's an argument that can be made that maybe we are more negatively oriented to light, even though we need it. Um, but um, but yeah, like basically, like what is our relationship to light? And I I, I really found it interesting that this kind of um, story like really plays into that biological notion of how we relate to light and. Um, and whatnot. So yeah, we, we find out like there's like these, uh, was it like light waves or something, that um, are are playing a role in terms of we need it um, or or it's it's really um, driving this this need to be around more and more um, light waves basically. Well, the, the contagion itself is yeah. effectively traveling by light. Yeah. And yeah, and then eventually it starts to affect people that are not on the landing party. <clears throat> so we have to go into like a full lockdown on the ship. This was like this this was like hitting a little too close to home like when it came to like this whole like covid thing. I was like, man, is this like are we Well, really didn't doing- they didn't they film this like a year ago? I know. I'm like, are we really doing covid <laughs> with this like for real? I mean, I mean, it's fine, I guess. Um but yeah. Yeah, so we we're it's it's spreading from it go it's it's going from just like the the four five six some odd folks that were part of the away team the landing party to now it is just spreading like wildfire with people on the enterprise and we're seeing some people that um are behaving peculiarly like just random crewmates like that uhura um shares a, a room or shares quarters with but uhura isn't because she's princess in the pea she's gotta have pitch black you know, or she doesn't sleep. So she has like that, the darkness piece that's not like driving the light, the the light waves and everything. That's you know, helping her be more quote unquote immune, I suppose. Yeah, that was a little thing. confusing. It's like, can can we get like a light vir, vi, virologist or however you say the word? Uh, so. Uh, because she was in pitch black that somehow like I don't know what killed it off and gave her some immunity or whatever but like I just what, think it couldn't get through to her like the light was yeah, blocked but, but then she steps out of her little you know cubby hole bed thing and, and then so why doesn't she get sick later I was a little a confused question. by that that's personally. a good question yeah I, honestly the 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 solution to the contagion was also a little confusing for me. Like, uh, I, I yeah. get it, but it was like, eh, it seems a little convenient. Eric, I'm going to, so a serious question. Um, you're, you're the resident 
scientist in these parts. Um, I mean, what do you know in terms of like, like, not just like light and how it travels, but like light in terms of its properties as it's kind of being talked about in this episode? Well, we, you know, light can, light can be either a wave, it can move in wave form, or it can move in particle form. Um, but I, I, I mean, I'm not, I don't know anything much more than that. And like, we have photons, like quanta of light, those are real, right? But yes. I mean, I'm not, I don't know anything much other than that, I can't tell you anything. Okay, I just thought you were going to, like, wow us with your math or, or something no, there for a second. No, I don't know anything. Okay. Uh, 2.99 times 10 to the 8th meters per second. That's the speed of light. There you go. There you go. That's that's my math. There's your math. math. You met your, ma- your math quota for the episode. <laughs> Do the math thing, Eric. Do the math thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm kind of I'm with y'all, like, so if I, I we, mean, if we if we stay in a box or we turn the lights off like what's the thing that actually kills the contagion itself yeah cuz that was that was the plan they're like well these people are light addicts essentially and you know dark kills light so we're just going to turn off the lights to slow down the virus right but that yeah but that wasn't the actual no no that was just that, something yeah, to like com- to combat it yeah to control it is an interesting, like, just a virus in and of itself. It gives you something that makes you feel good as opposed to feel like crap so that you get more of it. Mm-hmm. I would have been interested. I mean, like, maybe it's, like, dumb on my part, but I was just thinking, like, what if they said, like, actually said something like, you know, the speed in which light enters something is the same speed in which darkness flees type of thing um, in terms of, like, how we could, like, think through containing it apart from just turning the lights off i don't know yeah yeah i think before we get to the um the solution which yeah was kind of like hand wavy almost um there's there's probably two things we have to talk about here right so one uh the hammer our chief engineer is trying to fix things trying to figure it out so he comes into sick bay and it's like I have to check your emergency transporter, Dr. Mbenga. And Dr. Mbenga, you can't do that. I have research in there. You can't check that thing. He's like, it, like I need to check its filter. Like, I need to do this. And so, like, he goes over to some panel, and Dr. Mbenga, like, walks up against a wall, and you don't see anything, but Hammer opens the panel, and the lights turn off. Like, that shouldn't have happened. And Dr. Mbenga's like, get out of my sick bay! You're messing with my patients! You're messing with my things! Get away from my things! Take the So Hemmer leaves, and then we see Mbenga flip a switch. Like, he's the one who turned off the lights, because he's clearly hiding something from Hemmer. So, guys, dumb, dumb, dumb question time. Um, so, if, if, if Hemmer can sense a look that I don't know number one can give how 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 did he not sense him flipping a switch on a wall because the plot demanded it well I actually 
I actually think it, it's a little deeper. I think, I think at least my inference on from the look on his face, he did, but for some reason he didn't want to question it. And that's where I have a weird problem with it. Because, like, the other plot point thing I have a problem with, I have a problem with it either way. Uh, you know, and, and this was actually, you know, some of the, some of the stuff that, that has come out in some of the other series where people aren't necessarily hiding. Like, you know, it's, it's a very old trope of like, oh, I'm hiding the vampire bite. You know, I'm not going to be a vampire or a zombie or whatever. And then you become what you blah, 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 blah. So we're, we're seemingly kind of getting to that here a little bit. And that was a little, little weird. Because at least, again, I, I just took it as like, he knows there's something off, but I don't know, maybe he's affected by the light stuff now too. And he's just like, ah, screw it. I'm going to go get a, you know, piece of the mantle. It'll be, it'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and look, there is one thing I want to talk about. And, you know, Chase, you started, uh, you, you started out with oh, a beautiful shot of an ion storm in space. Everything's looking really cool. <clears throat> Until number one goes to pick up the very obvious uh, crash test dummy of Hemmer to carry it through the corridor, could they have not gotten a better crash test dummy for her to carry through the hall so it doesn't look like it's such an obvious dummy? <laughs> Like, I know it's nitpicky, but it looks so cheesy to me. It all, the little arm dangling on the side. Mm -hmm. I mean, fair point. Okay. All right. Let's talk about the other plot point, right? So we show up to this planet, and they're like, Ilarians genetically modify themselves, genetically engineer themselves to be better, and that's why... They can't be in the Federation. That's why we're weary of them. Um, and I'm and I'm thinking they're like this is a result of the eugenics wars, like a ban on on Earth of uh, genetic manipulation. But like, I have a problem with this plot point. Like, I get what they're trying to do here, but it was very clearly stated in that three-part augment series in in Enterprise that Denobulans had perfected genetic modifications and some genetic engineering. And Denobula, the Denobulus became a member of the Federation right very early on. And Denobulans were, were welcome. They were not seen as outcasts. So, like, did the writers just say, yeah, we don't need that because we want to tell this story? Or did they just not, or are they just not aware of that? And I'm, this is like the third episode in where they're like, things that happen... And you're like, wait, that directly contradicts something we've, like, seen in the past in Star Trek. And it's just like, I want to know, do the writers just not care or are they just not aware? I mean, I think, I mean, I want to say it's more of like, like it's an awareness kind of thing. I mean, you're dealing with almost 60 years of lore. 60 and like it's and it's exchanged hands how many times I mean I mean of course you had Gene who was running the thing um, and like he had his like team of producers but then of course like Rick Berman Brandon Braga I mean like they were mainly doing 90s like 80s and 90s stuff 
up until 2005. Well, I, I would also throw in just a little bit here. I, I think that this adds a little bit more to current day social commentary than anything else, you know, because like towards the end, we talk about, you know, uh, I don't remember the exact line with number one basically saying, you know, it's essentially like when can being an Illyrian be enough or something like that. And like Mbanga came out a little bit here, you know, and so forth. So. I, 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 it might be a lack of awareness of, of every little, you know, kind of thing that's been plugged in the past, but I also think that it's more of a subtle sort of uh, reach towards the, the kind of social commentary we're seeing now, which is about visibility and so forth. So, about like being who you are. Yeah. I, I think that probably has some. And, and then also, kind of on top of that, although it is the future you also have in Picard you know the whole kind of like going against um, uh, you know like mechanical life and so forth right so I, I, I think that, that that just sort of seems to be a little bit more of a running theme now in, in current day even despite the, the jumps in timelines and so forth so it, it is what it is sure. okay I mean it's fine I mean it's fine it's just like I'm saying Denobulans are. It was clearly stated that they perfected genetic modifications, and Denobulus is a member of the Federation. So, right. But like, we see Una number one here. She's trying to look up information on genetic engineering, and it's classified. And all she has to say is override, and she can get into the classified information. Yeah. Override. <laughs> oh, that's it. That's all I you have to do. It would have been cool to have a code, you know, like like in the old days when everybody had their own little code. Mm-hmm. I, but didn't, then, I mean, I didn't think too much of that just because, no, like... it was just, like, override. Yeah. And then our security officer, La'an Noonien Singh, comes in, and she's like, I know all about genetic modifications. I'm a direct ancestor of Khan Noonien Singh. And when I was a kid, people used to tease me. They used to pick on me. God, wasn't her backstory basically surviving the Gorn and their weird yeah. Gorn stuff? I think yeah, your, so, your biggest yeah. worry is that a couple of people teased you for your name. I would be freaking out a little bit more about, oh, yeah, so um, my entire freaking family was just gestated by Gorn. It was pretty pretty terrible. But, you know, they, they made fun of my name. Dang. <laughs> Sorry, that sounds super... Super complaining, but like, come on! Space dinosaur. She's got like a terrible backstory. Her life is terrible. Space <laughs> yeah, dinosaur her life is terrible. My name. Space. But dinosaur. you know, you know. Finally, they have it out in the en- in engineering. Right. And uh, she's like, "You're an abomination. You lied to me. Well, like, how could you do this, else, lady?" I know, but she's like, you lied to me. You're an abomination. You're an augment. <gasps> you know, and she's trying to, like, create a warp core breach. Like, do you know what will happen if that warp core breaches? There'll be a lot of light. Don't <laughs> <laughs> get lit, y'all. <laughs> and so they get into a little fight, and, and uh, Una wins, but... Before she can, like, stop the warp course, she gets irradiated. Mm-hmm. And somehow it's like, this is where David was like, I don't know. Like, the radiation mixed with her 
gen genetics somehow created some chimera strain that that Nurse Chapel was able to replicate and she's good at her job. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm good at my job. And my like what? like like this like whenever we do contagion stuff, I feel like we focus more on the science of stopping the contagion. But this episode was really like hand wavy with how we stop the contagion. It's like that's not really what we care about. We're not doing science here. We're doing social commentary in this episode, not science. And like that's fine, but like I would have liked to have seen this was a perfect opportunity to get a science delta, but but maybe Ooh. we didn't. Ooh, <laughs> we got teased, everyone. We have us a tease. You know what I'm more worried about? Uh uh, oh, the warp core breach? <laughs> yeah, how did we stop that? <laughs> how did we stop it? I mean, look, number one can punch out her, their security officer with just one one punch. She's done. But does her glowy power just negate a warp core breach? I mean, like, what are we doing? We didn't even ex we right. didn't do anything with that. It just it was over. And, and even with that, so, okay, number one being irradiated, okay, maybe she survives because of her augmentation. But what about Singh? She's also being irradiated. Like, how did she not just get spocked? <laughs> or piked? One of the two. <laughs> like, where's our science? Chimera strain, dude. That's a that, that's a that's a powerful chimera strain. I mean, that's like a fountain of youth right there, man. I, Pike needs to get injected with that stuff for later. <laughs> Maybe he will. Maybe he will. It's like, can I just get a little little piece of that little little piece of that chimera? Hey, number strain? one, you know you're in my number one, right? Number one, <laughs> come here, number one. See, there's there's a thing. I need you on an away mission with me right quick, okay? Because there, there's something about to go down. Yo, I need you to carry the football for me. Because I do not want to be in a wheelchair pressing yes and no the rest of my life, okay? So if you can do, like, your glow stick trick and just hang out with me, we'll be good. We'll be good. Let's get irradiated. Let's go. All right, all right. All right so, let's just finish off this storyline real quick. Real quick. Um, number one figures out Mbenga's got something up with his transporter because he didn't upgrade it when when they were in space dock, and there had to be a reason why. He's like, you're clearly hiding something in there, and this is all your fault. If you had upgraded this, if you hadn't been hiding something in there this contagion never would have got on the ship. It would the uh, transporters all would have filtered it out. This is basically your fault. I mean, that's what I got, she was telling him. But, like, how, though? Mm. Like, how did that... I, I'm, I'm still a little fuzzy on how that would have done any... Because they didn't use the medical transporter. They just no, used the No, but maybe it's all one system. Did, like, when like Hammer going... found more power... Did he somehow do something? Are we trying to say that the power got infected? And <laughs> I don't know. Then the power just went to the other power points and powered everything. and just See, I mean, I would well, understand if you actually transported something through the medical transporter and therein the filter failed. Like, if you set in, 
hey, we need one uh, one to emergency transport. Vile guys, you know, not doing too well or something like that. But yeah, emergency really... transport directly to sick bay. Yeah, I mean that well, would have made sense. Well, I guess like the thing I was kind of thinking of, and I'm gonna, I might stumble over myself on this, is like when we're like with um, like an operating system, for instance, if there's like there could be like one little thing that like needs to be up upgraded or, or updated or whatever, and you don't. So like your system just your 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 OS just kind of like runs, it does its thing, but it's like not at peak performance. That's kind of like what I was getting a little bit with this is like okay, yeah, we're like we're 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 combining resources or whatever, you know, to to do this little trick to get everyone back home, but we have like this one little dangling thread where we're not able to to function at peak performance air quotes because you know, sick bay wasn't wasn't upgraded for whatever reason. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's a computer, though. It, I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to nitpick it to death. It, that it didn't make didn't make a lot of sense to me unless you actually used it. Yeah. So, can we talk about like relics for a second? <laughs> sure. <laughs> so. Poor Franklin. Deserved better. <laughs> he deserved better. Yeah. Um, so, Relics, right? That that one episode of that one show that came out that one time with that one engineer that was kind of old. Um, so, a couple things. Um, you, you can keep someone's pattern going um, infin- forever in a day, just as long as you re- rematerialize every now and again. Um. So that didn't happen with Scotty, okay. Um, and and two, wouldn't the transporter have to not be used to be able to keep that pattern intact? I would think so. Yeah. Okay. So exhibit- clearly used. It was clearly used in episode one for crying out loud. Yes. So that that was my first thought. I'm like, how how are we keeping a pattern? in that particular buffer because it looks like it's like like one or two um, pa- uh, um, transporter pads basically that we're seeing in sickbay so how are we keeping the the uh, the, the research right um, how are we keeping the research air quotes intact if we have like random you know chapel just beaming to random places or beaming random people to sickbay yeah I mean that makes sense. There was like there was an episode of of Stargate that did basically the same thing where Teal'c got trapped in the in the gate buffer and they were like we can't dial out and we we can't have anybody dial in either because because it'll erase his pattern and that was actually the first episode with Dr. McKay. Right? I mean, uh, 8 hours? I, Is that what it was? No, 48 hours. 48 hours, sorry. I mean I I think um I don't think it was explained well, but yeah, I mean, obviously, if your transporter only has one buffer, then it's it can't indefinitely be there and also be used. It would, however, make more sense to me from a standpoint of redundancy to have multiple buffers in order to mitigate. I mean, you, you could mitigate a ton of problems with that. The rematerialization thing makes sense 
because you can't necessarily do it indefinitely because the pattern degrades. So if you rematerialize periodically and then put it back in the buffer, you wouldn't potentially be losing that. I mean, the whole thing with relics is he locked it into a continuous, into a continuous diagnostic cycle, you know, to give it, you know, regenerating power, but it, it only worked for one, it didn't work for both. So that I, I fully understand, but it does always seem like in Star Trek, there is like one pattern buffer. It is the pattern buffer. <laughs> so conceivably that, that's, that would seem to be a little bit of a, a plot, potential plot hole there. You wouldn't be able to use it. And then even the solution at the end is we'll just give you your own power supply, but that doesn't negate the fact that you conceivably couldn't even use it anymore, which you would want to be able to use it. Right. Yeah, but right. I feel like, listen, Star Trek makes up new rules for the transporter <laughs> yeah. all the time. Like, there's all, there's so many different times where, like, wait, the transporter can do that? Transporter can do that? <laughs> like, yeah. You know, different episodes for different plot points, we make up things that the transporter can do. Mm-hmm. Fair. Mm-hmm. They, they, they don't have any other way at this point of, like suspended animation uh, aside from a transporter buffer like we don't have any other way we can't freeze somebody yeah or, or some storage yeah i mean I, I don't i don't know what what did uh, what did the kid have do you guys remember it was uh it was a form of like blood cancer it was a it was a type of leukemia that i that i remember hearing um there was like one thing that um um, Voyager did, and I realized that's like a hundred some odd years in the future of this. But like, I think the idea could still hold? Question mark. Uh, I mean, like the holodeck isn't a thing. Like the holodeck doesn't become a thing until um, Star Trek: The Animated Series. So we're still like talking like about a dozen years or so before it's really going to happen before but it's really discovery has a holodeck which figure that one out <laughs> figure that one out okay well, um, made the enterprise encountered a holodeck so you know they just... did but it wasn't integrated onto ships until the animated series which i guess anyway uh moving moving along um the thing that comes to mind guys is um is from one of the episodes that i enjoy of voyager and that's heroes and demons when we have, uh, was it Chakotay? Uh, yeah, Chakotay. We have um, Kim and I, was it also and Paris? Tuvok. Tuvok. Sorry, Tuvok. Um, they they end up getting trapped in the in the holodeck, and they end up be, like their energy is like converted into photons, basically. Yeah, but there was some like photonic energy being that did that. But still, like, if you can, if, I mean, if you can somehow convert, like, we know that with transporters, your, 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 your bio sign, whatever, your, you know, your, your biological makeup is, it's broken down, it's converted into energy and stored, and it, and the energy is, is stored and it's shot down somewhere else instantaneously and then reassembled on the other side. So... Who's to say that you couldn't do something even primitive like that 
and like store it like on a data card or something. I don't I don't know. Like store it in something. You know, yeah, it's not the same thing as like a holodeck because the holodeck isn't a thing on the Enterprise at this point, this particular Enterprise at this point. But I think there's an argument to be made that there's something that could be done without a, without a photonic creature to you know run interference for. I don't know. I'm rambling, but like that's I, I think about that. I think about the Heroes and Demons episode in terms of how we can do workarounds for like our our um, holographic. Um, characters like the Moriarty's, of course, uh, that we see in Next Gen. So I'm rambling at this point. But I don't know thoughts about that. My my going off the reservation. I mean, sometimes I try not to think about it that much because, like, you're welcome. The transporter can just do things that it needs to do when the plot needs it to. Sure. We want to talk about Pike? <laughs> yeah, we can just quickly get through that, right? Yeah. Um, well, I get, well, the, the, the big, yeah, like, of course, like, we find out, like, just real quick that, yes, okay, number one is Illyri- um, Illyrian, and, you know, yay, we, we, you know, say all that stuff. Okay, so, um, Pike and Spock are on the planet where this whole thing started, and they're just basically having to barricade themselves in this library while this storm goes on, and these, like, weird light squid creatures are trying to break in and read some books. Like, they just want to no, read a book. They see them, and, and, and Pike is like, did you just see that? <laughs> it reminds me of, like, something happens in, in real life, and you're like, did you just see something? I don't know. Did you just see something? I don't know. Did you just see something? <laughs> like, nobody wants to admit that they saw it because they're like, uh, that was weird. It's like going and, snipe hunting. It's great. And Spock is like, uh, yes, I did see that. But what the? What did I see? I don't know what I saw. <laughs> I saw something. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he's just like, you know, reading his little, like, doing a little decoder ring kind of spinny capsule library thing. It's great. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're just, like, hanging out, camping out, just trying to survive. That's really what it boils down to. Yeah, and, and they learn that these Ilarians here wanted to join the Federation yes. so badly. They were trying to essentially de-augment themselves. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And as a result. They read in the log. And, and, yeah, so in terms of doing that, though, despite their best efforts, they there was something that happened along the way from, like, being genetically engineered to be amazing superhero folks to being normies right that they somehow got addicted to light and that's kind of like where we get this connection like with what's going on with enterprise um and everyone aboard and And they they ran into the ion storm because they were so addicted to light mm -hmm. and they turned into these weird flame creature they ascended or did they Next up on Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, and uh, Spock gets cut. We see, you know, you know that green-blooded Vulcan type of thing, and it's great. But hey, they, the squid they, creatures do save them from the storm, which is nice of them. That they're not they're nice energy beings. But how did they? Like even watching that multiple times, I was still confused. How did they actually? 
do energy anything. bubble, man. Energy bubble. Like, I don't know if it was just the way it was shot. It just looked like they're just like there. Like Spock and Pike were just laying on the ground and they're like, oh, maybe we should lay on the ground too. Like that's how I saw it. Like, hey, we're energy. Let's lay on the ground too. Let's let's yeah, wait for I, it looked like it looked to me like they put like an energy bubble around them to shield them from the storm. Okay, well. Yeah. It works for two out of three of us, apparently. I don't know. Well, two out of three ain't bad. That's <laughs> 66%. Like, Meatloaf said that, right? That was what I was going for. Thank you, Eric. <laughs> I appreciate you. <laughs> okay, I will see myself out. You know, you don't know Meatloaf, Chase? I do not understand that reference. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> poor, poor guy. <laughs> so, anyway... So everyone gets back. I mean, we, we survived the storm. We're back. And Una's having a moment, which I did I did like the moment, by the way, um, in her quarters. I enjoyed the log. And, um, Reminiscent and her, of something that Cisco did one time. Totally. Totally. <laughs> in the pale moonlight. Totally. Loved it. Loved it. I loved that little I callback. Whether that was the intent or not, I loved it. No, that was clearly the intent. I hope it was. <laughs> that is one of my favorite Cisco moments. Though. Yes. Computer delete log. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, and then, like, kind of, um, you know, falling on her sword, even with Pike, was, was great. Um, in terms of, like, hey, I did, like, I broke about a dozen, you know, Federation regulations or whatever. You know, I'm, I'm resigning, basically. I'm like, oh, the heck you are. Type of thing. I really like, I really, man, I really like Pike and how he, he just like, without any question, just has his crew members back. Like, regardless, like, we have obviously like Laon with the first episode, and of course we have now number one with this episode. It was just, just great. Like, just how well he supports folks. Like, this is what I, like, when I think of like Star Trek captains, this is like part of like what I expect. And, and this is just, being modeled so very well with with Anson Mount's uh, portrayal of Captain Pike. When Pike wasn't really even the main focus of the show, he no. had a si- he had a complete side quest that was very minimal, but he still can kind of come through here and just sort of you know steal a scene at the end. It's, totally. It's no, great. I think I think Anson Mount as Captain Pike is like the best thing that this show has going for it. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. For sure. And. Um, and then I think we already said it, but like you know, after Pike says, "Oh, f- whatever, man, put that badge back on, let's go. You're the best. You know, you're the best um, XO in the fleet. Whatever." Um, she leaves and has like a conversation about, uh, or with Mbanga about like, "Hey, I'm going to give you some resources you need to, you know, keep your daughter alive." Because we find out that the research project is, by the way, his daughter. Um, and of course, he reads a he reads a story to his daughter who he's rematerialized for I don't know how many times now, but. Um, yeah, like I thought, I thought, it was, I thought it ended well. I thought it ended well, especially with Pike. Like, like we, like we just said, stealing the scene um, there in the in his office, his ready room, whatever that was. Definitely so. not his quarters because they weren't. Big no, <laughs> it wasn't big enough. So, okay, that was something I was going to point out real quick. Like, when does the Enterprise shrink? That's what I want to know. Because like, <laughs> we go from like these massive, ma- like a massive, what? Um, a bridge. We have a massive sick bay. We have, um, yeah, like 
bridge and sick bay, to, to name just two. And then there's like teeny tiny with TOS. And look, I get, I'm not that dense. Like I realized it was the 60s and like you're dealing with very small sets. But holy shnikes. Like, holy shnikes. Yeah, Captain has a full bar and, you know, he's got he's got 10 forward in his, in his room. Pike forward, baby. Let's go. All right. Anything else for the good of the episode? No. No. All right. Let's let's move on. Let's rate this sucker. Let's get into our rating stuff. So uh, we're gonna get started with the Delta, and um, with that, we're looking at the different divisions of Starfleet service and how well the different divisions were represented on screen. Uh, so that's uh, command division with like leadership, leadership theory, and other things having to do with being a leader. Um, operations and um, engineering which technos technological stuff logistical stuff operational stuff you got it and of course science uh, which is kind of self-explanatory so um, David why don't you get us get us cracking um, well I mean from a command aspect I think that that's still pretty evident sort of in the very last piece of talk there with you know, Pike coming in, not accepting number one's uh, resignation, sort of going to bat for her as, as he's sort of done for few people now. Um, I, I think one of the kind of the interesting things here is is the, the dynamic of the first officer. You know, you're a first officer. Maybe you're ready for your own command. Maybe you're not. I think I think Una sort of has a little ways to go there. I think that there, there are parts of her her style here which are still very playful there was a part with uh, with Ahura it's like so what are you doing you know about now or whatever so they could go off on their little walk and discover stuff mm -hmm. um, so I, I think that the there, there's a great potential for mentoring hopefully more mentoring stuff as we go along so uh, again based off of the the strength of Pike I, I think that the command Delta is still there it's the other deltas that kind of suffer. Um, I, I, I don't think that the science was explained well enough. I, I think they kind of threw together sort of a little bit of an explanation at how they got rid of this contagion, but it didn't really all make 100% sense. Um, you know, and then even operationally with, with the dynamics of the transport, I mean, we, we had a whole discussion about pattern buffers and all this stuff. It, it, it's not fully being explained like you know maybe to like older school satisfaction perhaps so I mean you got more power to a transporter but that led to another problem that you didn't really investigate wholeheartedly so I, I just I can't really give the other two deltas for this just based upon sort of shaky science and shaky operations and even shakier investigations into those operations you know until the end so but yeah i just i can't i can't do the other two but i'll give it a command delta okay eric <clears throat> oh well um geez so <laughs> command command i cannot give this episode a command delta i i absolutely cannot because with Pike off the ship 
our number one, Una Chin Riley, she is in command of the ship. It is her responsibility as the command officer now to keep these people safe. Like, safety, it's her responsibility. And as soon as she lights up, gets lit, as Chase was saying, (laughs) she knows something is wrong. And she says, my secret is more important than the safety of my crew members. Mm. And that is that is absolutely wrong, the wrong decision. Like, she is responsible for their safety, and she doesn't care at that moment. She says, my secret is more important. Now, eventually, she, she says, she comes, she comes clean, but it's, it's very late. And, and she could have lost crew members. She put the entire ship in, in jeopardy here to keep her secret, which is bad command. And Dr. Mbenga, he is in charge of the safety of this crew the, of this crew as well as the chief medical officer. And he is hiding his, yes, he's hiding his science project because it's his daughter and he, you know, he feels compelled to help her. And I know Chase, you can say, you know, you know, helping your family and helping your daughter and keeping your daughter safe you know, that might, like, override your brain and override your thinking. Like, I don't know. I'm not a parent. You're the only one here who could speak to that. But, like, he is also deliberately hiding information that could help this crew. So they are both of these people who are responsible for the crew members show terrible command, make terrible command decisions. So I cannot give this episode a command, Delta. Mm. I can't. Regardless of what Pike did at the end to kind of pep talk Una, I, I just can't because th- so many bad decisions are made. Um, science, yeah. Like we said in these like contagion episodes, there's normally some kind of, we do some science to, to, to figure it out. But here that science was kind of hand-waved. We were like, yeah, yeah, there was some radiation chimera thing that I was able to replicate. Yeah, we did it. So I can't, I can't really give this a science either. And, like, I want to give this, like, an operations engineering delta because we figured out a way to get more power to the transporter, even though David was like, yeah, that's not really anything. But that's, like, something, right? Our chief engineer, I felt like at, in three episodes, finally had something to do, right? He was, wasn't in the first episode really at all, and last episode, second episode he really didn't do anything so right. now here we're at least seeing him in engineering like giving commands to his team right to to do something so there's something there so i maybe want to give that engineering like a half a delta okay yeah i mean we technically gave a delta to the transporter chief getting more power in what was it the first episode so mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> oh man, I feel like I'm gonna like be. I feel like we're all over the place with the the Delta this week, man. Which is may, maybe making for some good podcasting. I don't know. Um, I think I'm gonna push back a little bit on on some of the stuff that's been brought up. Um, I think I'm willing to. I think I'm willing to give give uh, some command on this 
And the reason I say that is, yeah, like I, I do hear 100% with what you're saying, Eric, about like she she's in charge. Like when Pike's not around, she's not in charge. She, she's in charge, right? Like she's the number number one. She's second in command of the, of the ship. Um, yeah, like the, the secret thing is an issue. That was the same thing for, for La'an in episode one. Like her, her her whole secret of being an augment, being related to Khan and everything like that, um, and not wanting folks to know. At the same time, I think that when we're when we're talking Trek, like there are opportunities for growth, which I think is part of the message that we want as an audience to be to be hearing, to be experiencing to some extent. Um, yeah, she she lit up like a freaking glow stick in her quarters when it first happened. And part of what she was doing was seeing like, did is 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 something is anything going on with other people? Because for all she knew, it could have just been her that was experiencing something. Now I know there would probably be some pushback, like, well, even still, like she should have told the the chief medical officer, sure. But you know, taking taking in the information. And then deciding what to do with it in a responsible way, I think that's, to me, I think that's um, like some some degree of wisdom that you have as a leader that you you um, have to to know when to act on something and when not to act on something. And I, again, I hear 100% with what you're saying, and um, I can agree to to an extent with what you're what you're getting at, Eric. Um, I was enjoying like some of the stuff that that Chapel was saying. With um, with like even some science, um, and like in terms of like um, some people are getting it, some people aren't going to get it. Uh, I was kind of enjoying like the whole light versus dark in terms of how like the contagion and everything travels. So I mean, like I don't know, maybe I'm just maybe I'm getting soft in my old age. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of willing to give it a little bit. Uh, I I think I'm. I'll give it to everything. I'm just feeling, I'm feeling generous. Maybe it's like post birthday generosity or something. I don't know, but I'm, I'm willing to give it. Um, and I might, I might be a total turd next time. I mean, I was a turd for like what, three, four weeks in a row reviewing Picard. So I mean, it'll happen eventually. Right. (laughs) Right. It'll happen. Mm -hmm. So anyway, uh, let's, let's move on. Let's go on to our, (laughs) let's go on to our numerical rating at this point. Uh, so on a scale of one to ten, one being a dumpster fire, ten being absolutely amazing. Eric, how would you rate this episode? Well, I think this was the least strong episode we've had so far. I think sure. we started out with two incredibly strong episodes. You're never going to have every episode be something that's really good, right? Mm-hmm. I just don't know if that's possible. Um so I didn't I didn't enjoy this episode as much as I've enjoyed episodes in the past. Um, trying to look up a different episode here real quick. Um, yeah, I can't find it. That's fine. Um, you know, Contagion episode we've done that before, right? That's that's like something that happens. It's not. It's not, like, a new idea. I know David keeps asking, can we get, like, new ideas? Right? I don't know. We were both... We were, I was complaining about, like, the comet striking a planet. Like, that's, like, mm-hmm. 
an idea that's been overdone, but I think the way they did it last episode, you know, made it interesting and made it unique. But I don't think there was really a whole all that much that was unique about this contagion episode and I really don't like the way we just hand waved the solution to it. Like I wanted to science our way out of it some more. I mean, I like that we're learning about different characters. I like that we're getting we're not every episode is not just about the captain. Right, I mean, Captain Pike really didn't do much this episode. He was a side character, and so I like the fact that we're continuing to learn about other people. But this episode was not that enjoyable for me. I think I'm just going to give it like a 7.2. Okay. What do you got, David? Yeah, it wasn't... um, It certainly wasn't as strong as, as the first couple episodes which doesn't really take a a lot away from it um i I, kind of something that eric said about you know something new if if i watch something and i instantly think about something else like you know when we're talking about you know is this the naked then you know (laughs) that that sort of thing you know that that kind of detracts a little bit a, a tiny little bit from my enjoyment just because it's like I'm, I'm already comparing it to something else and I just want it to stand on its own. Um, but you, you know, I, I really do like the, the cast. I really do like the crew. I think that exploring in a very uh, personal way, some of these people's backstory is, is fun. Although it does sort of seem like it's being crushed together there wasn't much of a of, of like a story story here. It was it was it was pretty much all character development and yeah, I get it. This, these aren't the old twenty two to twenty four episode seasons anymore. We mm-hmm. don't do that anymore. And okay, um, but when you're dealing with more, a more limited series, you kind of want everyone to every episode to kind of hit it out of the park because you only have so much until it's over um so it it was it was it wasn't like disappointing but it was a little disappointing to me than the others especially man when we start talking about the science you know i want to go science on these people yeah it's like just do do science to things that are scientific um and, and when you sort of have you know sort of blase explanations it's like ah that slide i've let that slide for how many seasons of discovery (laughs) how long can i let it slide um so but but it was still a very enjoyable episode i I still enjoyed watching it Uh, i'm i'm still excited about the season as a whole i'm really not ready to dip this down in the ratings or anything like that but the first couple of episodes had some pretty high ratings i can't really go that high I, I'm I was I was kind of coming in thinking like a seven point eight, and I think I'm, I think I'm going to stick with that. Okay. So I know we've we've kind of been um, like all over um, in terms of like our experience with this, and I so let me just put this out there. I did not get up out my chair and go do dishes and go fold laundry 
um, or check the mail or anything like that uh, the, the multiple times that I watched this episode. Uh, I did enjoy it. Um, I mean, it didn't. It wasn't as um, as gripping um, as the the series premiere or even the second episode were for me. I mean, like um, Children of the Comet, man, like that had the music stuff in it. So, like, of course, like I rated that crap really, 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 really high. Um, so I came into this um, enjoying it, but um, not as much as the last two episodes. But it's still enjoyable for me. Um, uh, it was. It, it felt a little um, slower. Um, it felt like it needed like a little bit more uh, fleshing out in a couple different areas in terms of like how do we convey a few more ideas or just like tightening up a few other things, uh, whether it was science or whatever else for that matter. And uh, let's see, I rated the series premiere an 8.8 and um, Children of the Comet a nine and a quarter. Um, I think, I mean, I can live, I think I can live with this. Uh, I'm just going to give it an eight. I kind of came into this with an eight. I can just kind of live with an eight at this point. So, um, so yeah, so we have a 7.2, 7.8, and an 8, uh, which gives us an overall average rating of um, 7.6, or 7.7, depending on how you want to look at that. So, yeah, that's it. That's it. So, Eric, you okay over there, buddy? I'm great. Okay. Well, let's get on to uh, the most important part of the show, the Twitter poll. So, um, so Eric, I've been paying attention to something, dude, and um, I, I partially have you to thank for this, maybe, maybe even David as well. I don't know. Uh, I decided to pull the people of the Twitter and ask them this very, very, very important question. You ready for this? Who is grumpier on Star Trek Strange New Worlds? And the choices were Hammer and La'an Nunyan Singh. Well, they're both pretty grumpy so far. <laughs> yeah, it's, yep. Sings <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more angsty. Yeah, and like, and like, Hammer wasn't in the first episode, so I mean, Laan is he like. He showed up at the very I mean, he, end. The, did he say anything? No, but he showed up. He was there. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like Laan had a pretty prominent role in the first episode. Yeah. Um. I, I mean. The answer to me is Hemmer, right? And that's what I'm going with. But I won't be surprised if it's La'an because she's been a more prominent character through the okay. three episodes. So, Eric, is that are you locking in your answer? I'm going with Hemmer, yes, because okay. he's Mr. Grumpy Pants. Okay. David, how about you, man? Well, I'm going to go with La'an just to be contrary because I haven't been very contrary with Eric, and I think he's probably right. I'm playing the, I'm playing the game here. Not the right answer for me, just the right answer for Twitter. <laughs> okay. So, um, so here we go. 28.6% of the vote went to someone, and 71.4% went to another person. So the winner, the grumpiest grump so far on Strange New Worlds, our winner... 
La'an Nunyan Singh. That's what I said. I said I won't be surprised just because she's a more prominent character <laughs> so far. Yeah. So so now Eric, you gotta you gotta erase that chalkboard, man. No ends. You know, I'm <laughs> no, back to zero. Back to zero, dude. <laughs> You're doing so well. You had like what nine in a row? Nine in a row, and then two in a row. Of wrong, right? No, no, nine in a row, then one wrong, and I had two in a row again. Oh, okay, okay. Well, there you go. So yeah, good job, Laan. Good job. Good job for being grumpy, according to Twitter. Great job. Okay. Well, that's it, fellas. We're done talking about this here episode of uh, Strange New Worlds, but we'll be back um, pretty soon to talk about um, uh, episode four, Memento Mori. Or Memento Mori, however you want to pronounce that. Mori. Mori, Mori, the Ori. Ooh. Mm-hmm. The Ori. Okay, enough of that. Uh, but yeah, everyone out there in listener land, what'd y'all think? What'd y'all think of the episode? Um, did you like it? Did you love it? Do you want some more of it? Did you cry so hard? I, I keep going into that bit every single time. I gotta stop. Um, anyway, in all seriousness, though, like, what do you think? Uh, we'd love to hear um, your thoughts, your opinions, dear listeners. Uh, make sure you connect with us on all the things, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at TRTVPod. Uh, if you want to uh, let us know your opinion, your thoughts, if you agree with our ratings, if you gave it a completely different rating, uh, send us a note to trtvpod at gmail.com. You can also send us a voice-only transmission at 817-752-4757. There is a three-minute limit, so please be hasty before we get lit ourselves and you know turn into you know ascended beings that like ion storms or whatever. Um, other than that, if you want to you know mail us something like the cure, like a chimera strain to kind of heal us, that'd be great. Lone Star Station, P.O. Box 2455, Azel, Texas, 76098. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, remember to boldly go and make it so.